You are locked in to another episode of The Curious Wire. The Curious Wire. With the most curious person in multifamily. We're not trying to sell you anything here. We just want you to learn real things that will help you elevate your career, challenge you to think and be curious. Join us on this journey to challenge the status quo. Let's go. Okay, we are back with another episode with a guest. And the way we roll here is the guests introduce themselves. So please go ahead. Thanks so much for having me here. Uh, love what you're doing. It's amazing. And I'm excited to meet all the, all the listeners here. So I'm a career consultant. And what I do is help individuals um, and companies. My focus is always on the individual. So I'll talk to people about when their question is, I don't know what I'm really good at. Uh, what kind of career direction should I be going in? Um, how do I make more money? How do I succeed in my career? And it's really anything that's at the intersection between figuring out like your natural skills and how to be successful, whatever success is for you. For lots of people that had to earn enough money to, you know, be able to support the lifestyle and their other personal goals that are um, surprised outside of their career. So that's, you know, that, that's what I spend my time doing. Great introduction, except you forgot your name. Shana Karen. Thank you. Okay. Are we being video, is video on too? Uh, no video. Just oh, okay. Shana Karen. Yeah. You can look me up on LinkedIn. I'm the only one, uh, Shana with an A. Okay. So I am. go ahead. <laughs> so, uh, a few months ago, I reached out to you asking you if you would be interested in helping folks in the multifamily industry, um, learn how to ask for a raise or promotion. I, everybody's talking about the great resignation and people want to get paid more. They're leaving and people don't know what to do. And I think that it's very empowering to be confident in what you do and how to ask for a raise. So it's an open-ended question, but what's your advice to somebody working in multifamily who wants to grow in their career, but doesn't have the confidence to, they don't know how to approach that and how I'll stop talking and let you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a weird conversation to have, right. And, and most people, um, you know, don't like just asking for money without, without a real plan. And it, it's, it's definitely an awkward conversation. And, um, there are ways to have it to, to make it normal. So let's start with flipping the whole idea around of asking for a raise and let's forget the money, right? Because of course it, it is about the money, but we have to forget about it to get back to it. So I want you to go into the head of uh, whoever it is that you're going to be asking for, for a raise. Now, probably if you can get around, um, if there's any manager um, above you, um, if you try to get past the person, anyone who's not the ultimate decision maker, if it's if there's the person who's like, well, hold on, I have to go ask the boss, you want to be very careful uh, about bypassing a direct um, supervisor. But if there is a way to do it appropriately, um, following company you know boundaries and, and protocol, you know written and, and unwritten, you want to be having this conversation if possible um, with the decision maker and you know possibly with both both people in the room. Um, but when you're, let's go straight to the business owner's head. So where do they want to spend more money on the things that make them more money, right? I think that it's a very simple spreadsheet, right? You're um, in expense, right? Not to take away the whole wonderful you know, human aspect to it, but you're on the expense line. Your salary is an expense, just like, you know, we spend money on, on, on rent and we spend money on salaries. So what justifies a bigger expense, right? Uh, the, something that's a better investment is making us more money, pretty simply. So if you're in the kind of job uh, where you could very quickly uh, connect your, you know, the accomplishments to income. Not every job is like that, but in a job where, you know, if it's, you know, how many tenants I got got in, or you know, how the, um, you know, we increased the rent, or we increased the um, retention rates of the employees, or you know, we got construction done ahead of time, or whatever it is, if you could connect that 
closer to the dollar amount, then even better. From the business owner's perspective, though, it's really about is this person a good investment? The more I invest in them, the more the more money I'll make. Like I, I sat with a client this morning who told me that he was thinking of coming uh, in a different industry, but talking to the business owner, his salary was already at the top of what they're used to paying. He said, but since I've been here, I made the company on average um, like another million dollars a year, like significant money. And he said, you know, I know that I can't just go ask for a $50,000 raise, but what if I would ask for a percentage compared to how we did over the last three years? If I can increase this company another million dollars this coming year, you know, do you think I could ask for, for a percentage? So it was a great idea, you know? So if he asked for uh, 5% of the profits, right? And come out with another $50,000, which would be a really big raise to have asked for. But in terms of percentage, it's like, hey, I'm taking a gamble on myself. You only owe me. You also, we, we thought about capping it because bosses just sometimes get afraid. Like, what if I give you a bonus that's greater than your salary? Like, it's just, what's that going to do to your brain, right? Uh, they get worried that you're going to come to expect that. So there are always ways to approach it. But coming in with the attitude, number one, um, of how am I growing this business? How is my salary the best investment that you ever made? That perspective alone, like if there, there's only one thing that you you know that that you get here, it's thinking from their from their perspective. And when I have um, when I I help people with the preparing for the raise conversations, um, it's all about I want both the the employee and the employer to walk away from that meeting having the most like win-win reaction, having the feeling of like, wow, like that was the best $50 that I spent this year, right? Spending it on you because you cared so much to grow the company in ways that I never even thought of. It wasn't even your job to do, right? So first of all, it's very clear that you're passionate about what you do. And I think that passion and conviction, it when you're approaching this in general is a good idea. Like you don't want to come in there sounding weak, like I, uh, I think I deserve a raise or I've been doing a good job. But your first is, okay, so you have to understand who you're talking to and what their perspective is. So I encourage everybody on the leasing team at Sage and anywhere is to actually log all their leases so, and the value of them. So you, you, know, yeah. you had 10 move-ins in a month. What was the rent? And then how many months is that person? So typically it's 12 months. And then what is the value of that lease? It's very empowering also when you look at that total number, instead of it being a $1,500 rent, that's... 27,000. My math is a little off, but somewhere around there. Anyways, it's a lot of money and it adds up. 100%. Um, yeah. But you're saying that, so they should think of what, what the owner or who they're going to be asking for, who's going to decide that they get that raise, but reverse it. Like, what are they going to be looking at? And then you have to know what have you done and what are you good at versus just going up there and saying, getting a raise. Yeah. Yeah. And then the actual strategy is, is really simple. Uh, I've done it with lots of people, encourage lots of people to do it on their own. And I get, I get these wonderful calls and emails of people who tell me, um, Hey, I took your advice. You know, some people who I worked with, some people, um, you know, we did a consultation. Some people I actually sat with them and, and prepared, you know, word for word. Um, and some people who just read my, were just on my email list and, and took advice. I've gotten emails, fabulous emails back that say, Hey, um, I love this email. I got a little while ago. Um, my sister-in-law, I told my sister-in-law the advice that you gave in your free, you know, Monday news, uh, email newsletter, and she just got a $20,000 raise. Thanks so much. So it's just like, if you just have the strategy down pat and you come in with the confidence, um, it's doable, right? It, it, it almost always um, meets with approval. So the strategy is very simple. I'm going to talk about this in a, um, in a written version, 
but obviously it doesn't need to be used in the, in the written, uh, like with the written presentation, the way I typically do it, the written version is just, um, so that you have it like really clear, solid written down somewhere. You might choose to do it verbally or whatever your comfortable relationship is. Um, the main thing is that, you know, no one should, um, it should look like work that you did on your own. It shouldn't look like you copied some template from somewhere. Um, right. Like of, of, of how this should be done. But what I like to do with clients is that we sit down and we write a history. So say you've been working somewhere for, for three years, um, I always start off with, okay, so we put on the date of hire, um, we put the salary, we put the title that you were hired for, and then the salary um, that you were paid. And then we we, we list, you know, if you, you had a title change, if you had a salary change, what it was, what is the commission structure, just really a list of what happened, right? Writing that down is first just having it clean there. Um, so we're recording the events. Um, then we're writing down your accomplishments. So we want to go through your job response. Well, there's three parts of it. There's the job responsibility. What was I hired to do? And let's assume in this scenario that your title is still the same, but you're doing way more than you started doing three years ago. So you write down, I was hired to do whatever it was like, and you could even look at, you still have the job posting, um, what you were hired to do, what they you know, were looking for. And you write that down. And we assume that you're writing that you accomplished all those things. Um, then we make a list of all the, all the accomplishments above that, right? Not only did I, you know, make sure that, um, you know, all the leases were done on time, but I actually created an automated system that sends it back to the client or, you know, gets things signed. Or maybe I uh, created a, a system that collects, you know, not only did I collect the payments, but I turned it all into an online system where people can automatically you know, submit their payments or write all your extra accomplishments. Um, and then you describe sort of um, your job today and probably what your title really should be. So sometimes you go from being the, you know, the assistant leasing manager to the, um, you know, property manager, or you're doing like some regional work, but um, it's not like you were officially promoted. It's just sort of like, well, somebody left and I ended up doing the other person's job. And right. And suddenly you're, you're really not doing what your title is anymore. And um you want to be careful how you do this, not necessarily like giving yourself a new title because it's like, oh, you know, who, who do you think you are, right? A higher, you know, putting a new title, but sort of saying like the work that I do now is sort of in line with the new title and titles are silly, but also really important because sometimes you can't justify a salary with a different title, but if you change the title, you can. So that's why those words do, do really matter. Um, and then you want to go do your market research, go look, there's plenty of free places online, go to Glassdoor. Indeed in this industry, you might not have such, uh, like public information. Um, ask me, ask, ask friends in the industry, um, ask Moshe, right? Like find out like, Hey, you know, what's typical, go ask five people. Um, what's typical for a salary in this, in this range. And I like to just ask people, you know, you're, you're walking around with a lot of resentment. Like I know you feel at this, by the time someone comes to me, you know, or is listening to this episode, they, they feel like they deserve a certain amount. Um, usually people are honest. I find that people are really honest about what they should be earning. You know, when someone tells me, well, I'm earning 65 and I say, and they're all in resentment and they're all the justification and the frustration and the, you know, and I say, you know, if you in a perfect world, what would they be offering you? What do you think you're worth? And they don't usually have a crazy number. They usually have a really realistic number. You know, I know that I should be making 85. My friend who does this in the next, you know, uh, town over is making that much, right? Like people are usually um, honest. People don't like to get paid more, even though like it sounds silly. Uh, people want to get paid more than, um, you know, as much. Sure, I'll, I'll make as much money as I'd like, but Really, people people want to know that they're putting in equal work to the value that they're getting, and they just want to be paid fairly. So, writing that all down and then presenting it, you know, going and and preparing, you know, asking, can I have a couple of minutes? 
Um, if you are going to be uncomfortable, I, I recommend having it written down, typed up, and then saying, hey, you know, I spent some time thinking about my job, thinking about some accomplishments. Obviously, you want to add some goals to that sheet, um, right, of things that I'm planning on doing. Wanted to share that with you and then just hand them a piece of paper that they could look at and most likely they'll look up and say, hey, this seems to make sense. Let me just, you know, get, get this approved. So I wanted to ask you about that. Is it better to say, to go up to them and say, hey, I would like to talk to you about this. Could we schedule time in a week? Um, I imagine doing it spontaneously, like, oh, can I come coming into their office and saying, hey, can we talk about this is not a good idea. So do you recommend saying what it is that you want to talk about and scheduling a time and how far in advance? And before you answer that, the other thing is um, when I interview, because I do all the interviews for, for leasing beforehand, I have these two questions that I ask. I ask folks, um, first, I ask them if they have a friend who's going in for a leasing interview, what would, and they ask you for advice, what's their advice? And then after they give me the answer, I reverse and say, okay, you're the director of leasing and you're hiring. What are you looking for? And then mm-hmm. it's always fun to see when, when those two answers are, are not aligned. But what we're talking about here is, is, is you have to have that perspective when you're going into this is what is that the person who's going to make the decision, what are they looking for? So everybody wants somebody with a good attitude and what do you represent? So make sure that you are thinking about those things before you go into that. But you, again, you've kind of highlighted this when you said, think about it, the owner's brain and what's in their head, but not just from your production, but like every part of what you do, your attitude, being on time, working with others. Okay. Back to the question of how should you approach that? Should it be, I want to talk to you about getting a raise or a promotion. Can we talk about this in a week or can we schedule a time? Yeah. So if you're coming up in your annual review, right, and there's going to be a review anyways, so just come prepared to that meeting and show that, you know, just like you spent some time thinking about what you're going to say to me, you know, you did my report card, I made my own report card, and here it is. Um, If, you know, for some reason the company isn't set up, you know, with the official structure, or it's mid-year, it's six months in, but you think a lot changed, you had a lot more responsibilities, right? So I don't like saying what it's about, but asking for a meeting, most bosses are going to guess. Okay. So if it's already like your annual uh, evaluation, so then that's a natural time for it to come. But if it's not within that time period, then you're saying you don't necessarily have to say that it's for a raise or a promotion, but scheduling a time to talk to them and then coming in and talking about it and be prepared for that. Exactly. Okay. So we like to end the episode with a few random questions. So what is your, other than Amazon, and I don't know if Amazon is your favorite place to shop online, but what is a place you like to order from online other than Amazon? Uh, I love that question. Yeah, Amazon is 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 my place, but actually, um, my favorite other uh, like most common place. I wouldn't say Amazon my favorite, right? But I use it probably the most. So if you go by by what I do, um, but I order a lot from thrift books. Um, I learned this hack. Like, is this books, like a used books. bookstore online? I love it because I I love books. So when when you know any anytime I'm listening to a podcast and there's a book recommendation, I'm heading over to my Amazon shopping cart, adding it to my wish list. Um, you know, just putting it aside because if I bought every book I heard of, you know, wouldn't happen. But I try to actually read every book. So then I'll head over to Thrift Books and find if I can use it. Buy it used. I'm going to read it only once anyways. But I like to own the book. Something like emotional about like having it, you know, and then I'll pass it on if I want to. Um, but yeah, I order from there. Like oh, thriftbooks.com. Thriftbooks.com. Yeah, it's so good. You can get like amazing books for like $3. Okay, so the next question would be, what's a book recommendation? Um, okay, like the oldie but goodie is like the, anything by Napoleon Hill, right? Like the, Do you like that? Yeah, because a lot of it is old-fashioned, but it's worth, it's worth reading because it's still true, right? If you want to set yourself up for success... Um, he wasn't I mean, very successful, you know that? 
he went bankrupt. Right, but he, he wrote a good book. <laughs> uh, but it's like, well, go make yourself a goal. Decide how much you're going to make. Decide what your process is going to be, and then go ahead and do it. That's my takeaway. You know. Okay. I don't like the like. If you just think about it, it will come apart. But okay. no, no, no. That's where people go wrong. It's not like like you go envision it and say it to yourself in a mirror mantra kind of a you know like zombie thing. But it's just like, well, you want to get rich? Well, stop saying that. How many dollars do you have to make this year? And how are you going to make them? Right. Okay. Um, favorite place you want to go to? Uh, a vacation, travel, somewhere you've never been that you want to go to? Mm, um, a couple places. For sure, I'd like love to see like Hawaii, um, Italy, like places that are just like pretty interesting that like look great in a postcard. I'd love to see them in real life kind of thing. And something you bought in the last 12 months that you would recommend? Uh, yes. I used to spend a lot of money at Starbucks, um, for the, uh, what are they called? Those, um, lattes. And I got like a latte maker at home and it was like $60, like the, the tea, the chai lattes I'm really into this winter. It definitely got me through the New York winter. Like every day, my kids know how to make them for me now come home. Mom, is he want a chai latte? So, um, yeah, like investing in that myself for sure. saved myself a lot of money. Everyone should have one. And what is it called? It's just like a latte maker. It's $60 on Amazon. So I figured 10 drinks in, I spent my $6 per drink. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Amazing to be here.